previously at the Macarius Avenue. Talking about the Abrahamic covenant, straight to the point. Genesis chapter 17, so that you can understand it and take the promises that God has given us through the Abrahamic covenant. Some people believe that the Abrahamic covenant is not really a New Testament stuff, but I'll prove to you why it's very important. Glory to God. Hey, I need your response. In Genesis chapter 17, he said, When Abraham was 90 years old, and nine, meaning 99 years, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I'll make my covenant between me and thee, and I'll multiply thee exceedingly. We established the fact that God is a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. Abraham didn't do anything to go and look for God, for God to have a covenant with him. It is God that looked for him and decided to have a covenant with him. Praise God. So God says that, I want to make a covenant between me and you. Beautiful. How nice it is. We saw David and Jonathan. Now God himself is coming down to make a covenant with a human being, a mortal being. And he said, let's go. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. He said, as for me, I will keep my part of the covenant and you shall be a father of many nations. Note that. So God's pro promise to Abraham is that I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And at that time, Abraham was not even having a son. But God is telling him that. He is giving him a futuristic prophecy. Let's go. No longer shall your name be called Abraham. Now God changes his name. Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. God is breathing on the Abraham. Abraham. And when God breathes, he breathes life. So he said, your name shall be Abraham, for I shall... I have made you a father of many nations. First one, he said, I will make you. Now he's saying, I have made you. Made you means that it is established in the realm of the spirit. Though you don't have a child, but I, God, by the covenant I want to have with you, I have already made you a father of many nations. It means that Abraham has to walk in this light. If the son is not even coming, he has to know that in the realm of the spirit, he's a father of many nations. That is why when God speaks a word to you, it might not be looking like what it is in the flesh. Glory to God. But in the spirit, if he has made it, keep believing. The Bible says, and Abraham hoped in hope. God spoke, but he had to hope in hope. And he didn't consider the, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Giving glory to God. He was strong in faith. Can I get a very big amen? Let's go. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Exceedingly what? Look at the promises. It means that there's no way Abraham can be barren. Everything that Abraham... I'm showing you so that when we get into the New Testament, you know the promise you are holding. So Abraham was going to be a father of many nations. He was going to be exceedingly fruitful. Anything Abraham touches will prosper. Fruitfulness. Uh -huh. 
and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. So the covenant was not just between Abraham and God. It was, a, it was going to be between Abraham and God and his generations will benefit of the covenant for an everlasting covenant. Is it everlasting? Is it there? He said this covenant is not only Old Testament covenant. It is an everlasting covenant. So many people say, oh, you know, Abraham's, Abraham's covenant is just Abraham. Now we are in Christ and you know, I'll show you. He says it's an everlasting covenant. Any doctrine you have to make, you have to make sure that its basis is in the Old Testament properly and transcends into the new. As long as it transcends into the new, you have to be careful to rubbish that statement. Are you sure you are here? For an everlasting covenant to be God, uh, covenant to be God to you and your descendant after you. He said, from now, I'll be your God. God is giving him a proposal. Let's sign a, con a contract, a covenant between me and you. I'll be your God. Do you know what it means? It means that I'm going to defend you as El Shaddai. Let's go. And also give to you and your descendant after you the land which you are a stranger. All the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession and I will be their God. It means that Canaan was going to be Abraham's land. Nothing can stop it. Uh-huh. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. God said his part, he will keep it. But he's asking Abraham, you to make sure that you keep your, the part of your covenant. As long as you walk faithful in this covenant, I will surely do my part. And you and your descendants after you throughout the generations. It means that after Abraham is gone, his generations must keep the covenant. Let's go. Now he's trying to tell him the seal of their covenant. I told that every covenant has a seal. David and Jonathan exchanged dresses to seal it. Now God is saying that this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendant. After you, every male child beginning, the beginning of circumcision. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. The first king will be removed. You understood it already. <laughs> Verse 11, <laughs> and ye shall be circumcised in the flesh of your first kings, is there. And it shall be a sign of a covenant. It means that anytime you see a Jew and the first king have been removed, he's not just doing it for medical reasons. He's doing it to keep the covenant between him and God from generations to generations. So even that is an attestation that the covenant is still working. That alone. Let's go. Verse 12. He who is eight days old among you shall become circumcised. Eight days. From eight days, circumcise the guy. Every male child in your generation, he who is born in your house or bought with money, he's talking about slave. If somebody is a slave in your, in your house, make sure that as long as they are around you, they must be circumcised. Because this is the covenant. Glory to God. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. Let's go. He who is born in your house oh, 
And he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh. So he said that the covenant is in your flesh. It's sealed. The old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, was sealed with what? The, new, uh, the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. That was the testament. Now the testament of the Abrahamic covenant is this one. To seal it. God has done it. And God said, do this. So Abraham even at his age, when you read down, you realize that even Abraham at his age, to prove the covenant, he had to circumcise himself. At that age, he cut off his foreskin and blood. And any time a covenant is sealed with blood, it's a very powerful covenant. And that was sealed. Clap your hands for the Lord. Galatians chapter 3. Esegoma. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Galatians 3, 14. Galatians 3, verse 14. And that the blessed... Okay, let's read from verse 13. Verse 30, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hang on a tree. Now, Paul had dual citizenship. Paul was a, a, a Jew and he was a Roman too at the same time because of where his father was coming from. Glory to God. So when Paul is saying that Christ has redeemed us, he's not talking about the Gentiles because we were never under the law. He's talking about, if you read Galatians chapter 4, it talks that Jesus Christ came to redeem them that were under the law. You and I were never under the law. So when you read scripture, you have to interpret it for what he's saying. Do you get it? And verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So all the blessings that God was talking about, that he has made a covenant with Abraham and he's going to bless him and bless him exceedingly. He's going to be a father of many nations, blah, 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 blah. He's saying that all this one, through Christ Jesus, we can become beneficiaries of that covenant. It means that even Jesus becomes a mediator for that covenant. Because Jesus is a descendant of Abraham. Hallelujah. Let's go. Through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or added thereto. Verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were their promises made. He said, he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and die and add to thy seed, and to thy seed, which is so it means that when God was actually making that covenant with Abraham and speaking to him that this thing is going to be in generations, and read, uh, I think Genesis chapter 12, when he talks about that, he's going to give him a son and all that. When he talked about the seed, he was not talking about Isaac. He's saying that that was not Isaac. God gave him a futuristic prophecy that there's going to be a descendant of yours who is going to be the career 
of that real promise. Remember in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says he and uh, Isaac, they journeyed looking for a city whose uh, founder was God and foundations were built by God and he didn't find it. Hallelujah. So they sojourned in tents because the thing was not here. That thing was in Christ. And he said that, for as many as but of one and to you your seed who is Christ verse 17 and this I say that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ he said that though it was done many years ago it cannot be annulled so if somebody is trying to preach revelation tell that we are children of God and we are in the New Testament we don't need Abrahamic covenant and how can you say that Abraham blessings are mine he's telling you that that Abrahamic blessings is connected to Christ even the Jew who might not be born again cannot even receive the Abrahamic covenant blessings like you who are in Christ Jesus because the promise was to Abraham and his oh clap your hands for God do you get it? Let's go. 18. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Uh-huh. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of our transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Let's go. Is the law against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. Let's go. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Do you believe? Therefore, that blessing is yours. Let's go, please. But before faith came, we were kept under the guard of the law, kept for the faith which would afterwards be revealed. Uh huh. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Let's go. But after faith has come, we are no longer under tutor. You read down, it gives you the idea and lets you know that if that promise was made, then it was to Abraham and his seeds. And it, that seed was Christ. Then it goes on to say that if we be as according to the promise, or if you are Christ, then you are what? Oh, I can't hear you. Tell me, they can't say it. We are what? We are what? We are air. Say I'm an air. I can't hear you. Say I'm an air. According to the promise. In the mighty name of Jesus. Therefore I take on the Abrahamic covenant. Go to 29. 28, 29. Let me finish. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, if you are, if you are all one in Christ, verse 29. And if you are Christ, are you in Christ? Then you are Abraham's seed 
It means that if you are inside Christ, you too, that promise was made to you. If he said that you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What you have to understand about our Bible is that there is a vital part of the Bible and there is a legal part of the Bible. The legal part of the Bible is some of these things that I'm talking about. Righteousness is a legal part. You have to understand what Christ has done for you to bargain your case. If not, the devil would take from you what God has given you. Now you are, you are a seed of Abraham by right. And that is legal. And that is how you have to pray. So when you are praying, don't say, Abraham, blessings are mine. For the Lord is on the throne. Oh, that's how they sing. It has nothing to do with God being on the throne. What it has to do is that I am Christ. And if I am Christ, so I pray. If you are praying, you must use the legal language to bargain your case. Father, I'm not seeing these blessings of Abraham in my life. But your word says I am Christ. And if I be Christ, then I am a seed according to the promise. And if I be a seed according to the promise, I'm an heir. And an heir takes the inheritance. And Father, I take my inheritance. I take that promise. The promise to be fruitful. Therefore, I shall never be barren. Oh, I can hear you. Seed, I can never, I can never be barren. I'll be fruitful in everything. If I touch business, my business will prosper. If I touch marriage, my marriage will prosper. If I touch academics, my academics will prosper. Anything I touch, why? I'm an heir according to that covenant. Can the amen be louder? And God blessed Abraham. Oh my God. Abraham was so blessed. When we talk about blessing, money should be the last thing you count. Money is the least among God's blessings. That is why he says that it is the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. There was something that God put on Abraham that actually made him to become the father of many nations. And Abraham became rich in cattle, in gold, and all that. But you see, there was a blessing falling on his life that was producing the riches. I pray that that blessing will fall upon your life. Can the amen be louder? Are you sure you are here? Let's go. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. And it came to pass after these things that God tempted Abraham. The word there is test. It's only the devil that tests us. So the word there is actually what? Okay, you see NKJV say test. I'm reading King James, that's why. Let me put my King James down. Let's go to NKJV. So the word there is test. So God does not tempt anybody. God can test you. Every true friendship, I told you, must be tested. So God is saying that, Abraham, you are my friend. I am a friend of God. Have you been tested? God tests Abraham. You want to be a friend of God? If you become a friend of God, God will tell you some things. That will take some things from you. So God looked at Abraham and said, Abraham, my friend, let me tell you something. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, here I am. Abraham, my friend, come. He said, here I am. Let's go. Then he said, take now your son. I'm not saying son, son. So that you know that it's heavy. And your only son, Isaac, whom you love. 
if you started working with God and God has not taken anything you love from you, you are not yet working with God. You are working with yourself. Because if you work with God, He'll take something from you. It is a test of your relationship with Him. When the children, when, when Jesus came, He told the guy, tax collector, leave everything and follow me. He left his tax collection. He left his job to follow Jesus, not knowing where he was going. So God said, go to the land of Moriah and offer there as a burnt offering. Let me explain what a burnt offering is. Burnt offering is one of the offerings that you put, there is a sacrificial offering, there is a wave offering. Some of the offerings, when you go, they cut the head of the goat or whatever you're bringing for sacrifice. They pour the blood on the altar and the goat pass somewhere. Oh, clap your hands for God. It will end up as a soup. But this one, this burnt offering means that it won't pass anywhere. It will be put on the altar and burnt to ashes. And that is called a burnt offering. So he's saying that bring your son that you love and give him not as just a sacrificial offering, but as a burnt offering. Meaning, he's, he's, he's going to burn his son and not even has, have his body to even bury. So that after that, he won't go and be worshipping the boy, but he'll be burnt to ashes. He's gone. Meaning that your son never existed. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. One on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So Abraham takes his son. He says, son, come, let's go. You think it is easy? Sarah will be asking, why are you going with the boy? So we are going to the mountain. Why is all this wood? He said, God says I should go and do a sacrifice. Where is the sacrifice? He said, God shall provide. And they are going. Let's go. Continue. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Some seed you must rise early in the morning. Because if you don't rise, you can't give it. God came to you. You have 10,000 in your account. God said, Mr. So-so and so, that 10,000 that you love, that you are using to plan to do an investment, God said, give it to the project for God, it is not you. I bind the devil. You foul spirit speaking to me. God knows that my investment is very important. How will he tell me? The devil never tell you to give. That wicked guy will tell you to give to what? The church? What is he looking for? So when you hear that voice, it is God. It said that your flesh won't give way. So Abraham rose where? Oh, I can't hear you. Check somebody. Sometimes you got to rise early in the morning and send that seed. Charlie, I don't like the way you are doing that. Shake the person and say, hey, 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 hey. Rise up and give the seeds. Rise up, rise up, rise up. <laughs> are you sure you are here? Let's go, please. Then Abraham, okay, let's jump to verse 13. It's a long passage, verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, so he has sent the guy to a mountain. He's about to kill the guy. And God spoke to him, Abraham, stop it. 
And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram. So God brought a lamb, verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of the heaven, second time, and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, now this is about to strengthen the covenant, and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing, oh, in blessing, and in multiplying, it's I multiply thee at thy seed at the stars of the heaven, and at the sun which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. God is talking about enemies here. Who said that you don't have an enemy? Everybody has an enemy. He said, God says, I'll let you possess the gates of your enemies. It means that when people try to come against you, you will stand by the gate and lock them because they cannot have opportunity to come out. And that is a blessing. Can the amen be louder? And the sun and and the descendants of the stars of the heaven and are the sun which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. We too, we shall possess the gates of our enemies. And that is what is happening in Israel now. They can't enter in because thou sayest the Lord. They are doing everything. Israel will continue to stand till Jesus Christ comes. Paris will vanish. Abu Dhabi will vanish. You will never hear of it again. Which Sydney, Australia, it's not a city. The only city that you shall hear of the name, even till eternity, is Jerusalem. The name Jerusalem, Jerusalem, will never leave because God has blessed it. Can the amen be louder? He, he strengthened the relationship with a sacrificial seed. I've seen Christians want to prosper and they don't want to give seed. There is a kingdom principle for our prosperity. Hallelujah. It comes by sacrifice. There is a spiritual prosperity and there is a physical prosperity that comes by working hard. The spiritual prosperity, it comes by activating the promises of God. Real giving is that the person has, I can't do anything for this person. But whatever I'm giving him is an honor. And that is God. God has everything. When we give to God, it's an honor. I pray that the spirit of stinginess will break from your life. So the Ghanaian Christian is suffering. He's praying. He cannot give. He cannot give thousand. And the worst is students. I've seen students who think that because they are students, they can't give. And all they do, they chew kebab. Their data is more than those who are even working. And they want to prosper. They don't know that they, they can activate their, their future through giving. One day I was going to school, somebody gave me some money to go to school. The money was about a thousand something. And I was supposed to, use to pay my hostel bill and all that. Maurice Sewilo came to town and was preaching, was asking for seed. I dropped the money without thinking. And the 
prophet who is teaching can never be a correct prophet. I'm telling you, their prophetic anointing, giving is what activated, not only prayer. Sometimes I can just have money like that and God say, give this one, give this one, give this one. It's gone. That is how to activate the anointing. God is trying to tell you that the anointing on your life is more precious than rubies, more precious than gold, because I can bring it more and oh, if I'm teaching, go clap your hands for God. As you are clapping, stinginess is leaving you. Your clap is too, is too small. It means the more stinginess. The harder you clap, stinginess is leaving your, your body. And shout amen. The guy wants to build a two-bedroom. Uh, two-bedroom, he's using 10 years to build two-bedroom. He can't give. You give, it will open the heavens. You build a seven-bedroom house in six months. That is how things work. Can the amen be louder? Somebody's looking for a $100,000 contract and you say, man of God, I want to sell $100. You are not serious. It doesn't work. It's not sacrificial. You can give it. You can give it. It's not arms giving. Anything you want to activate so that something will fall. The Illuminati, they know it. They copied it from God. They know that nothing will give way until you give sacrificially. So they know it. So if you are looking for even blood money, you have to go and sleep in coffin. There is something that must go around you. And sometimes, at the time you are giving, after you have given that sacrifice, the devil will tell you, you are a fool. As you are going, things will be telling you, open your feet, there is no, there is no food. And that is the world. The world is telling you, pastors are taking your money. Look at the pastor's suit. Look at the pastor's car. And the congregation people are poor. He is milking the poor. I've said this every time. If the poor don't have milk, how do you make somebody having have milk? Because people don't know that pastors don't prosper by offering. There is no pastor who has prospered by church offering. You have to live beyond that. Because church offering has not prospered any pastor. What prospers a man of God is the anointing. That same anointing was on Solomon. Solomon was so anointed that kings would leave their country to come and seek wisdom. People say he prospered by taxes. No. He taxed the people, but it's not the taxes that make Solomon rich. Solomon was rich because Queen of Sheba is coming. He's coming with gold. Another king is coming. He's coming with gold to seek wisdom. Solomon made his money through gifts that people gave him. I pray for you. This is your amen. I don't like. Message now. Yes, you want home. I pray for you that stinginess will break out. That's why he says some seed. He said tie tie the seed tight and. Drag it to the altar. Father, something must break loose. I'm activating the Abrahamic covenant. In blessing, you shall bless me. Something must break loose. Somebody just go and empty his account and say, Father, I'm pushing this for the work of the ministry. Yeah. And you cannot give a sacrifice and not feel it. Someone say, I gave and now I'm hungry. No, it's sacrifice. You must be hungry. It's the hunger that is what is proving the sacrifice. I gave my car and now I'm walking. Into tomorrow morning, God should bring you another car. No. You give the car, the more you are walking, you are activating the sacrifice. I'm walking. Hey, everybody knew you that you had a car. Why are you walking now? You're activating the sacrifice. That is how favor will fall upon your life. That is why you'll be there. People will be saying that, ah, you, you I, I want to give you a car. I want to give you a house. Big people are praying, Father, let somebody dash me a house. Look at you. You are asking somebody to dash you. What have you dashed? Handkerchief cry, you have not dashed before. 
I'm showing you how to do things. The woman with the uh, uh, alabaster box, she knew the prayer. The alabaster box cost about $50,000. The ointment of apotheca cost about $50,000. Poured it on Jesus. And Judah said, this is a waste. That's how it is. One day I saw a guy who gave to Kennecopland Ministries and said that I, I gave all my money to Kennecopland Ministries and I became broke. Don't listen to those stupid stories. It's not true. Many people will spend their 90% anyhow, go to the club, chilling with the big girls, and when their money finished, they will now blame the church. How much did they give? If the guy had $1 million and gave $10,000 to the church and he became broke, he would say that he gave his money to the church and became broke. Go and see how much he spent the money. He's on yachts in Monaco with strippers on, in Monaco, chilling. They are dancing for him. He's throwing money on the abattoirs. And now his money finishes and he doesn't blame that one. He blamed the church. He blamed the pastors because pastors in Yenimye Hare. Pastors are taking our money. He has forgotten that his psychic took more of his money. He has forgotten that he has, he has bought a house in the U.S. for his side check. He has forgotten that he used to spend lavishly on his family because he was giving to the church by spending foolishly. You can give sacrificially to the church. When you spend foolishly, that thing will not be activated. You still have to do all you have to do in the flesh. Manage your money. Budget your money. And yet, I'm giving to the work of the ministry. Clap your hands for God. It's the doctrine of demons that will tell you that if you give to the church, you'll be poor. When the Bible says that, David said that I have been young and I'm now old. I have never seen the seed of the righteous begging for bread. Are you the seed of the righteous? I don't like these people. Are you the seed of the righteous? This is how you pray. You pray by scripture. So anybody that doesn't know scriptures, their prayer missed. Father, bless me, oh, bless me. Bless me, oh, bless me. God is not listening to that prayer. Father, I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm the righteousness of God. You said the seed of the righteous shall not beg for bread. Therefore, I will never beg for bread. Opportunities are open for me. I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm an heir of Christ. Heir according to the covenant. And that is how you are activated. Friday, I told you the diligent hand shall never be poor. Father, my hands are diligent. I work hard in my office. I do the right thing. My hand is diligent. Your word said the diligent hand shall see prosperity. Father, you are blessing my hands. My hands are diligent. Therefore, I shall see prosperity. Can I get a very big amen? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. Anyone who gives, the Bible says, shall multiply his seed sown. Father, I have given sacrificially. I may not see it now, but I know the windows of heaven shall be open and you shall pour me out a blessing. Finances shall come to me. Money shall come to me. I shall make it in this life. Can the amen be louder? Clap your hands and shout glory to God. Hey, I can't feel you in the house. Yeah. 